T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Sports Radio 550. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. 2017's best dressed male, Greg Thompson, joins me now on the Wester Hotline. Uh, not quite the Paul Rudd level of sexy, but um, a, a notch below. And listen, that is no consolation prize, Gregory. At second place to Paul Rudd is uh, certainly a place I'm comfortable with, yeah. Yeah, and and listen, your wife has been she's been punching above her weight class for years now. Uh, I'm, we're just kidding, of course, of course, you're the lucky one. Uh, but anyways, well, I, I digress from from pumping up your resume uh, to to really just impossible uh, impossible heights here, Greg. Um, I, I want to with you. I, I would like to do a formal burial here of the Bills Jaguars game with you. Um, I hope that you. I, I did give you some homework that you were supposed to write the eulogy for the game, so I hope you came prepared in doing so oh, it's it's a painful task it's it's just the way that that game went wrong in so many different directions from execution from from bad luck that there were other pieces of bad calls and fluky things going against them bad decisions in the moment bad play calls to set them up in that in those spots and to fail to adjust in the way that was needed there's just so much negative it's one of those things where you really need kind of an exorcism to come in yeah. and just everyone contributes a a piece that they want to burn and, and forget forever so it's uh it's certainly something that i'm hopeful that you know you heard the right things in the pressers this week that they're going to learn they're going to you know you, you you know you either lose or you learn you have to be able to figure out ways to take away things from that but also sometimes you need to be able to chalk things up as just a bad day uh take away what you can from it but don't don't let it fester don't let it pull you down don't let it gnaw at you um because sometimes you do need that that goldfish mentality sometimes to be able to just live to fight another day so i'm hoping that they strike a balance there and are able to thread that needle and take away the things they need from it and then really let it go and move on because that's the kind of thing that could drag down a whole promising season. Uh, while you were giving us that answer, I did just up my offer to you in Dynasty for Cam Newton. So consider it when uh, after the segment here, of course. Um, uh, Greg Thompson of Cover One here on the Western Hotline. Uh, and Greg, you know, part of me, you know, in review of last week's game, I, I get to a point 
with that game, and I think to myself, sort of, you know, everything that could go wrong on the offensive side of the ball did go wrong, and and I think a lot of what we saw in the second half were compounding frustrations, particularly from the quarterback of, you know, being chased down all day, taking hits, um, having to throw the ball into the dirt, and maybe we would have liked to see, frankly, us throw the ball, uh, Josh Allen throw the ball away more. Um, but what were some of the, what are some of the short and maybe long term effects that? could potentially take place if you are Josh Allen and you continue taking those hits and you continue to you continue to find yourself running basically you you are running for your life if you're Josh Allen. I know things are going to get better this week. Spencer Brown back in lineup. I think Spencer Brown is going to cure a lot of things because it's not just getting Spencer Brown back. It's bumping Darrell Williams back down to a position that frankly Greg, I wasn't I wasn't very confident he was going to look as good as he has. Yeah, it's it's been a, a really pleasant surprise. Obviously, there was a limited sample size of seeing him, and there was a mixture of health issues when he did kick inside, and they kicked him over to the left side. All those things compounded to some pretty poor film. Like he, he didn't yeah. look great in that role, so there wasn't some guarantee it was going to be there. So seeing him there, the domino effect is Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown by himself is not some all-pro cure-all that makes everything better. But he's a good athletic right tackle that can give space and move his feet. And then Darrell Williams is our best guard um, and the, the best guard that we have on this roster. So being able to position that domino of, hey, that's two improvements there where not a downgrade at right tackle um, is probably an upgrade in athleticism and you know may, maybe still working on the technique and consistency part of it. And then an upgrade at guard now you have one weak spot versus two weak spots. And that you use the right term, in my opinion, is, is compounding effect. And that, you know, people tease and, and make fun of Sam Darnold for saying that he saw ghosts, but that's real. Like, yeah. quarterbacks experience yeah. that. When you're getting hit and you know the pressure's coming, you know the pressure's coming, and you know the pressure's coming, well, then it doesn't take much to spook you into assuming that that pressure's coming again. So, you use those three turnover plays from the Jacksonville game. The offensive line was more at fault for that game than Josh Allen. However, on the turnover plays, they were pretty squarely on Josh. Yeah, yeah I agree. You know, he he's, you know, can't live to fight another day. He's sitting there and fighting again and gets stripped for the fumble. He makes a bad throw and, and just, you know, stares down. You know, everybody knows, you know, third and Cole, you're, you're going to be easily on third <laughs> down. The, the guy's there. So you add to that, and then you know the obvious part of the compounding effect is health, in that Josh Allen obviously is the kind of guy who is going to put his, you know, his body on the line for the team, whether that's hurdling guys, putting down his shoulder. We, we love all those things. Well, those are great when they're limited pieces, when he is the one deciding when to deliver the blow. When you're taking blindside hits, and he took some nasty he did. hits in he the did. backfield there, you're just crossing your fingers that one of those don't go wrong. Yeah, and and listen, I I, I don't want to I don't want to remove the blame that Josh Allen deserves in some of those plays, but I think Mitch Morris said it best after the game, which is you, you can't blame the quarterback that when he's running for his life early in a football game that you don't feel or, or, or see those ghosts to a certain extent. And I wonder in your mind too, Greg, how much of, how much of Josh Allen – I hate using the hero ball line because I think it's overblown for the most part, but – I think in that moment, Josh is sort of thinking and saying to himself, like, 
I need to do more for this team because of the the issues that we're having up front. The the running game just can't get going. He needs to take on more. How much of of, of last week do you think is maybe Josh maybe trying to do too much? So it's funny that that term gets used in a derogatory sense because people use it as a means of, oh, he has to overcompensate and he's trying to do too much. But, you know, if you step back and look at this, Josh Allen is this offense. Like he is, he is the central point. He uh, accounts for a greater percentage of yards than any other team in the league. He accounts for a greater percentage of touchdowns than any other team in the league. Like he is the central figure of this entire offense. And yes, it's great. When things are clicking, he's getting the ball out early. It's a high-completion game, and he's letting the receivers run with the ball, and then he's mixing in a handful of runs. That's great. When things aren't going well, we you know, kind of take it for granted that, oh, yeah, when things are going well, it's all him too. <laughs> and that now you get into these spots where, you know, obviously the, the big topics been in the running game and all the different pieces that, that go along with could there be more complementary football. Well, we don't say that when things are clicking and going awesome right. and he's throwing for 400 yards and running for 67 and, oh, yeah, ha, 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 we only had 38 yards of rushing between the other running backs. You know, nobody's complaining about it then. So it, it is hard when you, you hone that one piece of the offense so well that you, you know, can have the most points in the NFL and all the other things that are going on. It, it's hard to then figure out, oh, yeah, I guess we don't want him to do that all the time. So it's it's again like everything else striking a balance finding out okay how can we mix in a couple more things so you're crafting that skill you're you're refining that ability but not overdoing it so much to where it's a complete dependency and obviously when things aren't clicking or going well we don't have an off-speed pitch to go to. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on this run game. And and now we, we I sort of mentioned Spencer Brown being back in the lineup, how that could affect things, particularly in the run game. We saw Eric Turner this week post a lot of content regarding and, and about sort of how this run game – and and part of this answer, Greg, I, I think does require you to – Give us your thoughts on adding more design Josh Allen runs. I, I I keep going back to that Kansas City game, and I think one of the main reasons they had so much success is that defense was mindful of Josh the runner. And it's not that he hasn't run over the last couple of weeks, but I think there's been less emphasis on getting him involved in the run game. We see him break off that run early in the Jacksonville game. That was it. And he is their best running back, regardless of who is in or out of the lineup. He is their best runner, and I think that Brian Dable needs to maybe go back to seeing more design runs. Maybe where you're taking away the 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 nuisance, Greg, of having to read an unblocked defender, and more of those sweeps where you get, you know, uh, Feliciano. I know he's not in the lineup, but but seeing Dawkins and, and Morse getting out in front of Josh Allen because he that really becomes, I think, maybe your best rushing weapon. Absolutely. And you, you think about it, it's, again, you, you have to be careful. You, I'm not talking 15 times a game, but in this past game, you know, early in the second quarter, he had four carries for 49 yards and he had one carry for one yard the rest of the game. And I don't know that I wanted him to have 10 more, but three or four more could have made sense. And I'll give one perfect example. Um, everybody remembers the play, Gabe Davis, you know, it would have been kind of a tough catch, but drops a ball while he has a running start it's on third and short it would have been a conversion there the very last drive he ends up getting sacked on the next play and knocks him out of field goal range the whole thing and the everything that's going on 
that play was set up perfectly. And I, I, I saw it coming. I knew what the play call was going to be. And you had just the tight end on the left side, everybody over on the right side. Jacksonville moved every defender over there. And I sit, sat there and said, oh, this is it. This is quarterback sweep to the short side of the field. It's going to be perfect. It's going to pick us up 10 or 15 yards. And when they didn't run it, I I was shocked. I, like I, I, It just it set up perfectly for it. And I don't understand why mixing in that bit of a weapon, Josh is better on those designed runs than just on scrambles. Like he does a nice job when it's when it's a scramble there, but he's he's now developed to the point where he's looking to pass and keeping his head up field when he's when he's scrambling. Mixing in more of those really forces the defense to be ready because you now have all eleven offensive players engaged. You don't have a quarterback handing off the ball and then standing there and watching and going ten on eleven, you can really go eleven on eleven. And when you have a guy who's 6'5", 240 pounds, that you know really poses a big threat. And I think that the ability to mix him in, we know we don't have a Barry Sanders. We know we don't have some you know phenomenal individual talent. I think Devin Singletary, Zach Moss are fine. They're NFL caliber running backs, and if a, if yards are there, they're going to get it. But right now, this offensive line is in the position where they're creating advantageous situations where they're creating tons of yards before contact so that combination where we have adequate you know barely startable caliber running back talent and offensive line that's struggling with it you have to find another combination and that combination is mixing in some of those design quarterback powers that you can get him with a head of steam get some reggie gilliam in there Mm -hmm. Dawson Knox back from a run blocking standpoint be able to mix some things in to really be able to you know, give them the defense something else to think about. We've got Greg Thompson at Cover One joining us here on the Western Hotline, breaking down a little bit of that uh, Jaguars game last week, talking about how the Bills uh, this week can get back in the win column. And, and talking about this Jets D, um, Greg, there there are some areas, particularly in the secondary, that can be exploited. But this is a team that struggles just as much against the pass as it does the run. Hearing Sean McDermott this week, it sounds like there is there is a sense that this team wants to become a little bit more physical at the line of scrimmage, wants to be impose their will a little bit is, is 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 a phrase that I feel like is is sort of at play here. I I, I guess I wonder I view it, it I, I think that's not their identity, by the way, uh, particularly across the offensive line. And 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 I think you could get yourself into trouble again trying to be something you're not in an attempt to I don't know, revenge yourself or something, right? Like, I would be a little worried, Greg, of this team thinking that they can go in on Sunday and dominate the line of scrimmage with Quinn and Williams and some of the pieces that they have up front. I just, I, I don't view that as a viable option for this Bills offense. Absolutely. You're spot on. The Quinn and Williams, Franklin Roberts, you know, that that's the talent of that defense. It's, and uh, C.J. Mosley, like, those are the kind of guys that want to come downhill, wreak havoc. They don't want to be in space. They don't want to be chasing. They don't want to be moving, you know, long distances. And I get the fan approach. I get the desire by the team to say, no, I want to show that I can do that thing that you think I can't do. Well, sometimes it's okay just to be good at what you're good at. Like, I don't all of a sudden want to become the Tennessee Titans and run the ball, you know, 400 times a season. Like, that's not what you've built this roster to be. Now, do we want to be a little bit better at it? Sure. I, I want to be more effective running the ball. I don't mind a little bit more balance. But don't go away from what this team is. Like You have Stephon Diggs. You have Emmanuel Sanders. You're getting back to Austin Knox. You have talent 
in the important parts of modern football. So mix it up a little bit, but take advantage of this secondary. And don't take, you know, especially with Feliciano out, Eichbacher is a better pass blocker than run blocker. Mitch Morris is a better pass blocker than run blocker. Don't put the two of them against Quinn and Williams and say, well, we're going to impose our will. Well, Quinn Williams isn't interested in you imposing <laughs> your will upon him. That's not going to all of a sudden become effective and become a great uh, game plan. Like, that's not a terrible thing when you have Quentin Nelson going against Quinn and Williams and you can kind of cancel it out a little bit. But he's been a dominant player in this in this season, and they have to have a game plan of how they're going to at least neutralize him and learn from the the other Josh Allen experience that we went through this past week. You have to have a game plan of how you're going to neutralize the dominant force on the other side, and they have plenty of other guys they can pick at, and that might require a more disciplined, you know, don't can't go broke taking a profit, dink and dunk, death by a thousand paper cuts kind of offense that you're moving the ball down the field, but your talent is superior to their talent at probably – nine out of the 11 offensive spots that you're going against, take advantage of that. Don't bang your head against the wall on some principle because you want to prove to yourself that you can impose your will. Do do you get the sense, too, that like that's been sort of part of the problem here is – it's been more about and, and anyways, this is this has kind of been my view on it and, and some of the recent struggles, the last six and a half out of the last eight quarters, and then you, you want to go back to the to week one against the Steelers, is it felt like it was way more about them and less about the game plan or the opponent and how you would fit your game plan around the opponent. It was more about here's what we're gonna do today, try to stop us. And there didn't seem like there was a lot of plan B's. I, I it's absolutely perfect. And the most frustrating thing that I've seen, because that's what I used to praise Dable the most about, right, same. was that he was so good at finding what you were bad at, and just not only would you pick at it, he would hammer at it. You take that Seahawks game last year, you know, Pete Carroll's comments after the game, like, well, we had a really good game plan for them to, you know, be able to stop the run, but we didn't think they were going to pass the ball on 28 of the first 30 plays, because he just hammered at what they were bad at. That's what they need to get back to here. You stop trying to prove a point. Stop trying to, you know, accomplish something just on principle. Figure out what that defense is worst at and do that over and over and over again until they're either forced to adjust or you have so many points that it doesn't matter. Just find what they're bad at and hammer them at it. Greg Thompson at Cover One here on the Western Hotline. A couple more here for you, Greg, and and talking about this this New York Jets team. No Tremaine Edmonds, and I'm wondering how you view their strength with Mike White in the lineup comparing to not having, you know, I listen, for what everyone wants to make Tremaine out to be, he has had a fantastic season. The type of season that I think a lot of people were 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 we're hoping to see from him. He gets out of the lineup. You put A.J. Klein in. That's the area of the field Mike White is going to attack with these running backs in that short dink-and-dunk passing game. Any concerns there? Sure, sure. I think that anyone who brushes off the replacement of A.J. Klein in for Tremaine Edmonds doesn't understand what Tremaine Edmonds does to our coverage unit as a whole. And I think the hard part is people view – good pass defense when they see someone break up a pass and they see someone have blanketed coverage on a targeted pass. They don't see what your, you know, sideline to sideline reach and your wingspan and your ability to take away options that the quarterback doesn't even throw to because you were taking it away 
you don't see that on the broadcast. You don't see that right. during the game and realize that, oh, he didn't go to that area because Tremaine took it away and forced him to go somewhere else. A.J. Klein has plenty of strengths. He's going to be fine in, in run defense. He does not have that ability. He cannot take away those areas. And um, we had our, you know, our, our common friend here, uh, Connor Rogers, on Wednesday night to our show and talked about the fact that, you know, obviously Mike White got blown up a little bit in how good that game was. He was, you know, really dunking it down, average depth of target of like four yards a pass. Um, and that it's actually really hard to have that and go for 405 yards. But what it shows is he will do it over and over right. and over again. So they have to be ready for Jordan Poyer and Mike Hyde to support A.J. Klein and to take away sound tackling, which A.J. Klein can do. I'm okay with that piece, but I, I don't have a concern with him rallying to the ball and tackling. But you have to tackle soundly each time. You can't allow someone to get space and to get out isolated. So they have to have a plan to support him and be around him to make sure that you're not letting that become an issue. I don't think that we're going to see, you know, in Kansas City, we saw some of the dime defense. Yep. yep. Uh, and you saw Saran Neal in there as a sixth DB instead of a second linebacker. I don't know that I anticipate that, but Michael Carter is a little bit of a weapon out of the backfield. They do have three different jitterbug, you know, slot receivers and Elijah Moore yeah. and Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder. There may be some logic to that, and that you know, don't get me wrong, Saran Neal is not some amazing defender. Heck, maybe it's Cam Lewis, but maybe having the extra, if you get a lead and they start going that route, I almost think it might be advantageous to get out of our bases and nickel and get an extra pass defender in there versus AJ Klein. Although I expect him to play the majority of snaps if the game's close. All right, my last one for you, my friend. Explain to me what I watched on Thursday night. Um, I, I mean, it, this is such a good, good. It, honestly, the timing was obviously great for Bills fans that you come off that frustrating loss, and then you also see the Cowboys getting shut out at home, and then you also see the newly crowned Rams getting embarrassed at home, and then you also see the Ravens getting it taken to them by the Dolphins. And it's just a great reminder that, hey, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the, the, the Bills aren't the only talented but flawed team that have high expectations that can lay a goose egg here or there. Now, I don't know that I expected four of them in a row to be just the consecutive games that you watch and everybody kind of embarrassing themselves. But I think it does bring into focus that I don't know that there's a great team in the NFL this year. I don't know that there's some automatic front runner. And I think if you ask, you know, 10 really informed, you know, NFL people, give me your two teams in the Super Bowl, I think you might get 10 or 12 different teams in the mix. You know, I think Tampa Bay is really good. I think the Cardinals are good. I think the Rams are good. I think the Packers can go on a run. There's a lot of different answers there. You know, if you told me that you really believe in the Ravens or the Titans or the Bills or the Chiefs are going to come back or all these different teams, like, yeah, I could kind of believe any of those right now. I think we're far away from knowing who those teams are going to be. And I do think that getting hot at the right time, any of those teams, including the Bills, can go on a championship run here and that it's all going to be about being healthy, getting hot at the right time, and getting things together on the stretch run here in that you know one embarrassing loss isn't the end of your season because I think if you told me that those teams, heck, Tampa Bay lost their last game, that um, any of those teams – that lost their last games in embarrassing fashion, the Rams, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Bills, the Buccaneers, 
there's a real good chance one of those are going to be one of the ones that pulled us together for a championship. I have a quick breaking news piece for you here, Greg. A team with flaws will win the Super Bowl. <laughs> breaking news. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here with Greg and I on Sports Talk Saturday. Buddy, uh, as always, man, thank you so much for taking your time out on a Saturday for me and uh, and bringing the flame, bringing the fire. Uh, I really appreciate it. Tell the folks what you got going on. Any uh, any new pieces, any new podcasts? Uh, you do like 500 of them, so I can't keep up. You 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 give the promo here. I appreciate it. I do try to keep myself busy. Uh, having fun over at Cover One. You can find us at CoverOne.net. Find me at Greg Thompson or our overall handle at Cover One. Doing shows, uh, post-game shows after each game, preview shows every Wednesday night, bringing on someone interesting for the upcoming opponents to be able to tell you a little bit more about the team that we're facing and all kinds of other things across our YouTube channel. So go ahead and check us out. Find us and we'll keep bringing you good information. Appreciate you, brother. Enjoy your weekend and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll, uh, we'll, do, be, we'll be doing this again soon. Thanks, as always, Nate. All right, buddy. Greg Thompson had a cover one there on the West Her Hotline. If you missed any of our interviews today, whether it was uh, Paul Hamilton, Chris Trapasso, we had Mike Catalano of 13 Whams, uh, Fox Sports Rochester. We had uh, DJ Biennemi as well. Of course, WGR550.com. Head over to the on-demand section, and uh, you can check it out all there as well. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.